Much of the chatter regarding the economy in recent months has been about inflation. But there has also been considerable discussion about the risk of recession, with some people making the claim that we are already in one. Based on labor market dynamics, we have to date been able to avoid recession. True, as indicated by writer Sarah Cheney Cambone, companies in a broadening array of industries are announcing layoffs as they contend with rising interest rates, declining business activity, high costs, and shifting consumer behavior. Ford Motor recently confirmed that it is laying off approximately 3,000 white-collar and contract employees. Furniture company Wayfair, a major beneficiary of the pandemic period's emphasis on quality of life at home, recently announced that it is laying off 4% of its global workforce. Nonetheless, America's labor market remains very strong. There are still nearly two job openings for every unemployed person. And while initial claims for unemployment benefits have risen over the summer, many employers remain ready and willing to scoop up displaced workers. That helps explain why the unemployment rate nationally stood at 3.5% in July, precisely where it was before the pandemic began to undo the economy in early 2020. For WYPR and my esteemed producer Bob White, I'm Aniban Basu. In March 2021, President Biden signed the American Rescue Plan Act. This is a $1.9 trillion aid package aimed at helping people stay afloat as the pandemic reshapes the economy. As indicated by the New York Times, in addition to direct payments to households, the package included rental assistance, ensured free school lunches, and offered expanded food assistance through several programs. These programs helped the U.S. economy recover far more rapidly than many anticipated. But now, this support has largely run its course while prices for basic household items skyrocket. Additionally, the Federal Reserve has been rapidly raising borrowing costs in an effort to slow economic growth to help tame inflation. In other words, households face diminished federal aid, higher prices, and elevated risk of recession. Not surprisingly, poverty is on the rise in America. The national child poverty rate, along with the food hardship rate for families with children, which dipped in 2021, have both since rebounded to their highest levels since December of 2020, according to Columbia University's Center on Poverty and Social Policy. Two in five Americans surveyed at the end of July said that they had trouble paying a usual household expense during the prior week. For WYPR and my esteemed producer Bob White, I'm Aniban Basu. Writers Tolman Joseph Smith and Ben Kesselman point out that approximately 3.5 million black workers lost or left their jobs in March and April of 2020. Over that period, the unemployment rate for black workers rose to 16.8%. The unemployment rate for white workers topped out at 14.1%. Since then, the U.S. economy has experienced one of its fastest rebounds on record, one extending to workers of all races. The black unemployment rate stood at 6% in July, just above the record low attained in late 2019. Government data collected since the 1990s indicate that wages for black workers are expanding at their fastest pace ever. But decades of research have determined that workers from racial and ethnic minorities are among the first to be laid off during a downturn and the last to be rehired during a recovery. In a recent paper, Lawrence Summers, a former Treasury Secretary and top economic advisor to Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, asserted that the Federal Reserve would need to allow overall unemployment to rise to 5% or above from around 3.5% today to curtail inflation. 
since black unemployment is typically about double that of white workers, that suggests that the next recession could push the rate for black workers into double digits. For WYPR and my esteemed producer Bob White, I'm Aniban Basu. It's hard to know how well the Russian economy is doing. As indicated by The Economist magazine, since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, both the Central Bank of Russia and Rostat, that nation's official statistics agency, have stopped publishing data regarding everything from investment to trade. Investment banks, many of which are no longer advising clients regarding matters related to Russian companies, have pared back their research efforts. Many multinational organizations have pulled their economists out of the country. With data and analysis in short supply, a furious debate has erupted regarding how the Russian economy is faring. A recent paper supplied by five Yale University researchers attracted widespread attention. According to the authors, the retreat of Western firms and the impacts of sanctions are, quote, crippling, close quote, the Russian economy. But according to another Russia watcher, the economy is not collapsing. What is the truth? The overwhelming majority of analysts agree that the Russian economy is hurting. But according to The Economist magazine's analysis of data from a wide variety of sources, Russia's economy is doing better than even the most upbeat forecast had predicted, largely because of ongoing sales of oil. For WYPR and my esteemed producer Bob White, I'm Aniban Basu. Toward the end of August, President Joe Biden signed a package that will forgive hundreds of billions of dollars in student loans. According to analysis from the University of Pennsylvania, the package will cost the federal government approximately $329 billion over 10 years. But there are other estimates that put the cost at half a trillion dollars or more, imposing a large future burden on taxpayers. There is a narrative suggesting that among the big winners are graduates of schools like Harvard, Johns Hopkins, Georgetown, and Stanford, who may not be rich today, but who are well-positioned to pay back student loans. But as indicated by writer Jim Tankersley, the benefits of student debt forgiveness will largely go to America's middle class. The U.S. Education Department estimates that nearly 90% of impacted borrowers earn $75,000 a year or less. Ivy League graduates, for instance, comprise less than 1% of federal student borrowers nationwide. Still, there are many critics of debt forgiveness. Many economists believe that reducing debt with the stroke of a pen will induce beneficiaries to spend more money, which will contribute to already elevated inflationary pressures. Others believe that future students will end up paying higher costs as universities raise their tuitions. For WYPR and my esteemed producer Bob White, I'm Aniban Basu.